Well, let's open with a word of prayer. We're going to dig into Daniel chapter 3. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we love you. You are indeed a great and an awesome God. And Lord, what a privilege it is to open up the word of God and to read it. But Lord, it's not enough to read it. We need to open it. We need to read it. We need to obey it. We need to believe it. We need to live like we believe it. So help us, Lord, tonight to not just study the Bible, but Lord, I pray that the word of God will transform our hearts. I pray that we'd be encouraged, strengthened, exhorted, uh, Lord, even uh, rebuked if necessary. And so, Lord, may your Holy Spirit be our teacher. May it not be the words of man, but may the word of God go forth with power. We ask these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. So I'm going to give you a quick background. And youth, you guys should be paying attention because Daniel... In chapter 1, imagine if you lived at home, uh, youth especially, you're at home and, and all of a sudden helicopters dropped in and they came in and they just started, uh, well, it could happen. Can I get amen? some right. And they came in and just let your whole neighborhood on fire. And then they, people were getting killed left and right, but they took the young people, especially the good-looking young people that they thought were smart, and they threw them in a, in a van. Back then, it would have been some other way. And drive you off to a faraway land where you don't know anybody and you don't speak the language, and you've seen that the king, Nebuchadnezzar, has already killed everybody. So you know that he's not afraid to put people down. He's not afraid. And why did this happen, by the way? I want to make a real important point here. Why does God allow this to happen? Why did God allow Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar to come and infiltrate his own people? Because his own people had turned their back on God. See, King Josiah had come along and he had rediscovered the word of God and he put it back in place. He knocked down all the idols. He destroyed them all. But when, as soon as Josiah died, his two boys put all the idols back up again. And they began to worship the idols, and they were disregarding the Lord. And so the Lord uses a man, an evil man, like Nebuchadnezzar, to bring judgment upon his own people. And in so doing, many died, and then those that were carried away were immediately indoctrinated. So Daniel and his three friends, Hazariah, Meshach, and we're going to see their real names. They have, you know, they have biblical names because they grew up with godly parents. And their names are, their, you know, their given names are Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Daniel means God is my judge. Hananiah means God has been gracious. Mishael means who is what God is. And Azariah means the Lord has helped. So they grew up in godly homes, being given godly names. And as soon as they landed in Babylon, the first thing they did, one of the first things they did was change all their names. And see, guys, here's what the world's trying to do to us. They want to change our focus. They want to change what we believe. They want us to get our eyes off the true and living God and to start worship, worshiping the false gods of this world. But imagine Daniel was probably 14 or 15. Imagine being 14 or 15. We never see his parents mentioned again. We never see any mention of any of his siblings if he had them, but he, we never see him again. And so now Daniel's on his own and he's 14 or 15 years old. And he's in Babylon, and he's seen all the mayhem around him. And the easiest thing for him to do would be just to go with the flow. You've heard me say it before, any dead fish can go with the flow. Can I get an amen? And he'd just be like the world around me and just bow when everybody else bows. Just, you know, get along to get along, right? Just to go along to get along. And so they changed their names. Daniel's name, they changed to Belteshazzar, which means Baal protects his life. Pastor Joshua mentioned Baal. He was a false god. They changed his name from God is my judge to Baal protect his life. Hananiah, they changed his name from God has been gracious to I am very fearful of a false god. 
changes Mishael to Meshach, which means I am of a little account, again, compared to a false god. And Azariah got the worst one, Abednego, which means servant of the shining one Nebo. Thanks a lot. So they changed their names, and then they started indoctrinating them in their language. And then they wanted to change their diet. And then they put them into their school. Hello? Put them into their school to indoctrinate them in their ways. I have to say this more and more. Every parent, do what you think is right. Schools are indoctrination for ungodliness. Teachers teaching ungodly stuff. And you know what? And they put themselves in positions of authority. And they're saying they could take your your 13-year-old daughter down to get an abortion without your permission. Guys, we've lost it. Can I get an amen? And you know what? As parents, we need to take an active role. And we need to stand up and speak up. If that's happening in the school where your kid is, be bold enough and brave enough to stand for the Lord and go confront that teacher lovingly in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? We, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So they indoctrinated him by changing their name. Then they wanted to change their diet. And Daniel, again, he's just seen everyone he loves, more than likely, de- dead. He's been taken away captive. He may have thought he was going to be enslaved. Instead, they brought him in and said, you're going to serve the king. Now, he could have just said, "Woo, that's great. I'm not going to be a slave. I get to serve the king. And then they rolled out the food. And Daniel said, I'm not touching any of that. You know why? The law of Moses forbids it. That 14 or 15-year-old young man knew what the word of God said, and he was not going to disobey the word of God, even if the man was going to lose his life. See, Daniel could only pray when no one else prayed and go into the lion's den in his 80s because he stood up when he was 15. Can I get an amen, youth group? Amen? You need to stand as young men and women so that you can live lives for the Lord. He said, we're not going to eat your food. And the, uh, the chief of the eunuchs, and most people believe that uh, they made Daniel a eunuch. We never see him get married. So he had a, a lot of other stuff happening to him. Can I get an amen? So they made him a eunuch, and the chief of the eunuchs said, well, you, you got, you've got to eat it. He said, Just, you give us the food that the word of God tells us to eat, and you eat the king's food, and then you come compare us to your people at the end of the week, you know, down the road. And they came back and compared them, and they looked more healthy and strong. But again, he stood for the Lord. He stood for God's word when nobody else would stand. And that's what tonight's message is about. I'm telling the message, it's time to take a stand for the Lord. Now, chapter two comes along, and King Nebuchadnezzar starts having a dream. And this dream that he is having, he cannot interpret. So he calls for all of his, his wise men. And his wise men come in, and they can't interpret his dream either. And we don't have time to go in, but it's this big metallic image that each part of, the, of the, you know, this big idol that he is seeing, this big statue, is all different types of metals. And they represent the different kingdoms that would come along. And the head was made of gold. And he said, I want my wise men. You have to explain to me the dream or I'm going to kill you. One thing about serving King Nebuchadnezzar, if you got 100% on the test, you were rich and wealthy and you had a lot of, uh, you know, had positions of authority and you did really well. If you got a five on the test, he killed you. So that's Nebuchadnezzar. So he calls in all his wise men and they have no clue. They're like, tell me the dream and tell me what it means without me telling you. They couldn't do it. So then they call to kill all the wise men. The word gets back to, to Daniel. Daniel goes and speaks to him. He gets together with his brothers and they pray. And then they come to him and give him the interpretation. At the end of chapter 2, if you look there, it says, Daniel petitioned the king, and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Daniel was basically in charge below the king himself. And 
The king had said, because Daniel interpreted the dream, truly your God is God. Now, fast forward 16 to 20 years, and we get to chapter 3. So Nebuchadnezzar, at the end of chapter 2, says, your God is God. And, and we're going to follow your God. And because you, you told me the, the interpretation of my dream, 16 years forward, and we'll see what happens tonight. So I tell the message, it's time to take a stand for the Lord, grab your outline. We must first recognize the false gods of this world. Can I get an Amen. The only way you can recognize the false gods of this world is if you have a relationship with the true and living God. When you have a relationship with the Lord, you will recognize the counterfeit. Intimate fellowship with the Lord keeps us from falling for the false gods of this world. And walking in fullness of the Holy Spirit will keep us from being moved by the fear of man or peer pressure. Major League Baseball is back. And everybody bowed. Everybody got on their knee, except one guy on the San Francisco Giants. And they interviewed him and said, why didn't you bow? He said, because I don't bow to anybody but Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen to that? And everybody else bowed because they just wanted to go along to get along. I'm sure most of them didn't even believe it, but they all wanted to be unified. But they were bowing. And he said, I bow to the Lord. And he said, look, I believe that all lives, black lives matter. I love black people. I, you know, our male, God, we're, man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. But he said Black Lives Matter also believes in abortion. Black Lives Matter also believes in the destruction of the family home. I'm not going to bow to that. And you know what? Do you think he caught some flack from everybody else in the league when he's the only guy standing on the whole field? Guess what? He was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen? He took a stand for the Lord when nobody else would. We must recognize the false gods of this world. Number two, it is one thing to stand for the Lord and another thing to keep standing when the consequences become real. It's one thing to say, I will stand for the Lord no matter what until the guys with shotguns show up. It's one thing to say you'll stand for the Lord until the police come in and are going to arrest you for having church. By the way, I'm more convicted today than I've ever been in my life. We are not going to stop having church unless they drag me out of here in cuffs. Just that simple. We're going to have church because that's for me and my house. And it's not, it's not because we want to prove a point to the world, but we want to make sure that you guys can come here. We can worship together. We can fellowship. Forsake not the gathering yourselves together and all the more as the day approaches. Can I get an amen to that? We need to serve God with, with reckless abandon. And if we can't come in here and get refueled and be encouraged, guys, it's one thing to watch on live streaming. God bless you guys if that's the only thing you can do. But that's not what fellowship's about. We need to be able to minister one to another. Can I get an amen? I stood in here and preached to an empty room for I don't know how many weeks, 10 or 12 weeks, whatever it was. It's not the same, I promise. And we need fellowship, amen? So the, first, the second thing there is, it's one thing to stand for the Lord. It's another thing to stand when the consequences become real. Number three, choosing to stand for the Lord whether he delivers you or not. Do you know sometimes you're going to stand for the Lord and, and that might be the end of your life? Have people stood for the Lord and lost their life? What's the answer? Go look at the apostles. The only one who didn't die of martyrdom was John, but they tried to boil him in oil and he didn't die. So all of them were martyred for their faith, for standing for the things of God. That whole, you know, love God and your life will just be this perfect cruise ship and you'll never have any more problems ever again. I don't want people telling you that because they've not read the Bible. Amen? Those used mightily in the Bible, all of them suffered greatly. The good news is to know that no suffering is wasted. Can I get an amen? Even the smallest sufferings God will use. I was just saying this the other day. So you guys know my shoulder. and I'm getting a little better. Getting there. Thank you, Jesus. A lot of physical therapy, and I've got a guy that loves to beat the daylights out of me in Jesus' name. And it hurts, but that's okay. 
But you know what? I, I spent nine months trying to get better before I decided to have surgery. And, and finally, Olga texted me one night and said, you should go see my chiropractor. So I went to see Garrett. He's my chiropractor. So I get to see him. We get to know each other. And now they're coming to church here and I'm doing their wedding tomorrow. So no suffering is wasted. Can I get an amen? So every trial, every difficulty that we go through, God will use it for his glory if we will but let him. Amen? Fourthly, when you take a stand for the Lord, the world won't like it. Amen? Guys, when we stand for the truth, it's like bringing a halogen light into a bar at 2 a.m. Can I get an amen? When you come in and you shed light into a dark place, the people in the darkness want to put the light out. And you've heard me say, when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that barks the loudest is the one that got hit. Amen? And when you share your faith openly, it's usually the one who responds with the, the greatest amount of, of venom is the one that's the most convicted. So we shouldn't be surprised when people who don't know God act like they don't know God. And we shouldn't be surprised when we make a stand for the Lord that the world pushes back. Our governor's pushing back on the church right now. Amen? We need to pray for our governor. He's a, he's, he's a mission field for us. Can I get an amen? We need to pray for his salvation. But we also need to stand and look him in the eye and say, as, you know, we're going to honor God above you. You know, we will obey you until you tell us to disobey God, and that's where the line is drawn, amen? And so we're going to stand for the things of God. When you take for stand for the Lord, the world won't like it. And finally, it's better to be in the fire with Jesus than out of the fire without him, amen? So let's begin there in verse 1 of Daniel chapter 3. So the, we saw what happened in chapter 2. You know, the, he, he interpreted the dream for him. And he told Daniel, he puts him in a place of authority, puts Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego right there with him. He's blown away. He says, your God is God. Fast forward 16 years, verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits. Its width was 6 cubits. He set it on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar set word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, how about that, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the promises to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. The head of the previous image that he had seen in his dream was made of gold, and it represented the kingdom of Babylon. And each kingdom below it got less and less strong. And at the end, in the vision, a stone cut without hands crashes in to this, this statue and destroys it. And the stone cut without hands is Jesus. Can I get an amen? So as the world's kingdoms get less and less strong, the, eventually the Lord is coming. It gets down to the ten toes, and that's a European economic communion, some people believe. But it's definitely in that region where Rome, modern-day Rome. And God's going to come and bring victory. So it's, prof it's prophecy. By the way, the men's study and the women's study are both going to be doing Daniel. So this is a preview of it. Uh, this is one of the chapters in it. Uh, there's a lot of prophecy in Daniel. It's a great, great book. But how quickly does Nebuchadnezzar forget the lesson he learned about the true God? He learned the truth. He saw Daniel speak for the Lord. He got the interpretation of the dream, and now he makes himself an idol. Now, just so you know, the height, a cubit, is the distance between your elbow and your fingertips. So it's always a little different. It was always based on that distance of the king of the time. And so 60 of those is like 90 foot tall. So he's got a 90 foot tall statue of himself, and he puts it right in the middle of the plane so it can be seen forever. And then he calls all of his leaders together, 
to get them on the same page to say, in a minute, he'll tell them what he's going to do. But see, that's a lot of times what happens. The enemy will get all of those in charge lining up together so then they can force everyone else to do it. And so that's exactly what's taking place in Daniel chapter 3. And and to a certain degree, that's what's happening in the United States right now. Can I get an amen? They just figure if we tell us what to do and they make it a law and they they tell you, you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this, that eventually we'll just go along to get along. And there's certain things. I can wear a mask into Costco. I'm okay with that. It's fine. But when they tell us not to have church, that's that's a different situation. Amen? When they tell us we can't sing praise songs. By the way, I love our worship team. Can I get an amen to that? We are so blessed. Now, the worship team that we have, I never say anything like that, but it's so true. I'm so blessed by them. And we get to, and, you know, they prepare and they, they use their gifts and we show up. And we just get to worship Jesus. And so by the way, we're going to keep worshiping Jesus too until we go to jail. Can I get an amen? amen? But be careful of what you worship. So he's got all them all in and look at verse 3. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before the image that the king set up. So they're all standing there in awe of this, you know, magnificent 90-foot-tall statue made of gold. And as they're taking a look at it, here's what they were told. Then the herald cried aloud, to you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. 16 years before, he says, your God is God. 16 years later, he says, I'm God. And this is what happens in the world. By, by the way, there's two undeniable facts. There is a God and you're not him. Can I get an amen? There is a God and you're not him. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, but we are not God. The, Son, the Spirit of God dwells in us, but we are not God. So true worship never comes from contrition. What I mean by that is worship doesn't come when someone forces you to do that. That's not worship. Worship is when you come freely before the throne of grace and when you worship the Lord because of who he is and what he's done, done for you and because you love him, amen? Not because you're afraid if you don't worship, they're going to throw you in a fiery furnace. But King Nebuchadnezzar is like a Marxist. He's saying, you do what we say or we're going to kill you. And guys, we need to come to a place where they, we recognize they can't threaten us with heaven. Can I get an amen? Verse 6. Whoever does not fall down and, sh- and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Or we'll shut off the electricity at their church. Amen? Or we'll put them in jail. Or we will mock you online, or whatever it might be. Nebuchadnezzar, entered, he instituted a torturous penalty for those who did not bow to the idol. They would be burned to death. So when the music played, there would be an instant fear of man. So if you knew that if the music played and you didn't bow, they were going to throw you into the fire. The music plays, there's immediate fear of men. And then when everybody starts bowing, now there's peer pressure. Well, I can't be the only, you know, maybe if 100 people stood up, maybe I'd stand up with them. I love that 2,000 pastors in California, all of us signed a petition. It was started by Jack Hibbs. We were from the first people on it. We signed it. We were coming back to church on May 31st. And I think almost all of those churches that did it are still having church. John MacArthur opened up his church. Praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? And it's, more, and it's amazing how when some will step out, others will do the same. Amen? But the same thing can happen in the negative. When everybody starts to bow to the false idol, 
and they're looking around and they're going to have to stand out to stand up for God, then a lot of times that's when they quit standing. Youth group, when you go back to school, whenever that's going to be, I want to encourage you. Don't be ashamed of of Jesus at your school. Can I get an amen? As a youth pastor, I always challenge my kids, start a Christian club on your campus. You can start a Christian club. All you need to do is find one Christian teacher and ask them to host the club. Then you can have the club, and you can have Pastor Doug come one week, Pastor Joshua come another week, I'll come another week. We all can't come four weeks in a row, but we can all come. Can I get an amen? And I'd love to have a Bible study at Westlake, Camarillo, Calabasas, and Oxnard, and everywhere in between. Amen? And you know what? That's, and then you can invite friends to youth group. You can invite them right there on, on the campus. But you know what? It takes one person to stand up and, and get out of your comfort zone a little bit and make a stand for the Lord. And when everyone else bows, don't do it. We don't watch what the world says. We don't respond to the fear of men. We need to be, we're called to be faithful to God. Amen? Not wanting to stand out, to go against the flow, to face the consequences of King Nebuchadnezzar, to make sure the other baseball players on my team don't give me a hard time. I'll just go ahead and bow when everybody else does. We bow only to the one who saved us. Amen? That's, these are called moments of truth. How many of you guys know, you know when you have a divine appointment right in front of you. Can I get an amen? Or you know, here's an opportunity God's brought to me. And how many of you have had those in your life and then you wimped out and didn't do it? Can I get an amen? Both my hands are up. And I pray daily for divine appointments and God gives me divine appointments and opportunities to share my faith. And I have to tell you that I don't always do it. By the grace of God, most of the time I do, but I don't always do it. And you know what it is? Because sometimes it's fear of man or it's an awkward situation or this is a new customer I've just met. I don't know how he's going to react. But you know, guys, when this time has come and passed, only what we've done for Christ will last. Nothing else is going to matter. Can I get an amen to that? So the warning's been told. The gauntlet's been thrown down. Music plays, bow, or, gets, or go into the fiery furnace. That's pretty heavy. Verse 7. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, and the lyre and symphony, and all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. By this point, King Nebuchadnezzar is basically the king of the world. He's the most powerful man in the world, and he's using that position and that power and that authority to get everybody to bow to him. And when the music starts playing out of fear of the consequences, out of peer pressure of what everyone else around them is doing, everybody starts going down on their knees. Now, how many of them do you think are really worshiping that golden image? I don't think it's a lot, but they're doing it nonetheless. And here's the reality. Even if we're not worshiping the golden image, we should never have it appear that we are. Can I get an amen? We should always stand up and say, no, I'm not. So I don't know how many hundreds of thousands or even millions of people are in this plane. And what's amazing about it is, as we see there, we must first recognize the false gods of this world. We're going to find out that three guys recognize the false gods. And when they recognize this false god, even though they're in positions of authority. So Daniel's number two in charge, and right below him are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then all the other wise men who can't do anything anyway, uh, who are a waste of time. Every time he calls them in, they got no answers, just like the rest of the world. And they're below him, so they're envious of these guys that are in positions of authority. And when, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stand, they're going to run to the king so fast because they're envious of these guys. They all bowed down and worshipped the false gods. 
God. Because if you stand up, you are going to stand out. And you know what, guys? We need to stand out for Jesus. Amen? We need to stand up for the things of God. Be unashamed of the gospel. And again, the fear of man, true worship never comes from that. It always comes from true adoration. We should not be going along just to get along. We need to stand for the Lord. What does the Bible tell us is the highest form of worship? It's obedience. It says in 1 Samuel 15, 22, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. See, the highest form of worship isn't even singing praise songs. It's good that we sing praise songs. It is a form of worship. It's what we're going to do in heaven for all eternity. Every time we have worship, it's practice for heaven. Amen? But the Bible tells us that the highest form of worship is obedience. When you obey God, it's an act of worship toward God. Amen? Pastor Don McClure used to say, Christians don't tell lies, they just sing them. I surrender all, not really. I surrender some, right? And the reality is, guys, I pray that what we worship, the words we worship him with, we live them out when we walk outside this building. Can I get an amen? This was not worship was instead the ultimate blasphemy without excuse, breaking the first and second commandment, thou shalt have another gods before me, thou shalt serve no graven image. And I guarantee you, a bunch of people that were bowing knew those commandments, chose to disobey them, and decided to go along to get along, decided that they would rather bow than face the consequences standing for the things of God. And guys, that's where we all are right now. We want to stand for the Lord. We want to be kind and loving. We don't want to be obnoxious jerks. Amen. We don't want to be arrogant or self-righteous. I, I, hope they, I hope they never come in here to arrest me, but if they do, I'm okay with it. Because you know what? God's going to use it if they do. Can I get an amen? Let's empty the gel out of all the felons and put all the pastors in there. Because they're the felons out. Can I get an amen? I don't know that they'll ever have the, the uh, fortitude to do that, but we'll see. Uh, and if he does, it's okay. God's good. Amen. So point number one, it's time to take a stand for the Lord. We must first recognize the false gods of this world. And you know what? For us, it may not be a golden image, but it may be uh, just acquiescing to what everybody else believes, keeping your Christianity to yourself, uh, you know, listening to the music the world listens to, doing the things that the world does, pursuing money or pursuing relationships that aren't honoring to the Lord or whatever it may be. And guys, when we do that, we're disobeying the Lord and we're following after the gods of this world. Point number two. It is one thing to stand for the Lord and another thing to keep standing as the consequences become real. So he threatened to, to burn people up. But that threat doesn't mean a lot till it happens. Look at verse 8. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke to King Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, king, live forever. Yeah, right. You really don't. Yeah. Butter him up. We want him to burn these guys up because we're envious of them, because they're the only ones that ever have any answers to the king's questions. Then it says there, you, king, made a decree that everyone the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. So the Chaldeans were most certainly jealous of these outsiders being placed in positions over them. And they knew the king could not and would not stand for these actions. So they were quick to run to the king to see if the vengeance could be taught, brought upon those who stand up for the things of God. 
don't know if you know this, but while we've been having church the last two weeks, there have been people pulling up and taking pictures of the front of the building and uh, taking pictures of coming into, people coming into church. And I'm sure some complaints have been registered. So there's always those people, when you just worship God, they want to silence you. When you worship God, they want you to tone it down. What are the two things you're never supposed to talk about? What are they? Religion and politics. You know what? We're, to, we're supposed to spread the, the gospel everywhere we go. Can I get an amen? We do not check our faith at the door. A couple years ago, I've shared this once before. A couple years ago, I was thinking about leaving the job where I've been working for 32 years. And I had a job interview on the phone. And a couple of my former coworkers worked for this company. And the guy said to me on the phone, you know, Dave, you come very highly recommended. But I heard something that concerns me. I'm not supposed to talk about it. I said, you can talk about it. Go ahead. I'm not going to press charge. Just say it. He goes, I hear you're like a really outspoken Christian. Uh, I said, you heard right, bro. Yeah. He said, well, can you, can you separate that from your work life? I said, uh, do you stop being married when you get to church, when you get to work? Do you, leave your, do you leave your wife and children at home? Do you become, I said, bro, no, my faith is more important than my job. But let me just tell you something. If I do my job as under the Lord, you'll be blessed that I'm working there. Can I get an amen? If I honor God, I'll honor you. He goes, well, okay, okay. But you don't like talk about the Lord to your coworkers. I said, I talk to the Lord about the Lord to all my coworkers all the time. I talk about the Lord at the copier. I talk about the Lord at the coffee machine. I talk about the Lord when I'm walking through the hall. Ask Doug Bouzian. He'll tell you it's the truth. Can I get an amen? He used to work with me. We talk about Jesus everywhere. He's like, oh man, well, okay. But you don't talk about the Lord with your customers. I talk about the Lord with all my customers. I said, my customers all call me Pastor Dave. I do not, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Now look, I'm not trying to, I'm just saying that by the grace of God, God has given me boldness and I, I don't take any credit for it. It all, it all comes from him. Get an amen. We pray for it. It's fruit of the Holy Spirit, amen? And give us boldness to preach the gospel. And then at the end of it, he's like, well, can you separate? Sometimes when you're selling stuff, you know, sometimes you have to kind of push the truth a little bit to make a sale. I said, is your product so horrible that you got to lie to sell it? Because if, if it is, I just, we can get into in this interview right now. We don't need to talk anymore. I didn't realize your product was so horrible. You can't sell it with confidence. And, let, and the reality is the enemy offered me a job. Told him no, but here's the reality. You know, guys, let's stand for the Lord knowing we might lose our job. Can I get an amen? Let's stand for the Lord knowing we might have some neighbors like Tim and Kathy have that don't like it very much, amen? And we live in a time when standing for the Lord, do it in love. May we provoke them to jealousy by, you know, the love that we have one for another and the love that we have for the Lord. I want to encourage, you know, the simplest thing to wear a Christian t-shirt to school. Can I get an Amen. I wear them, and whenever I go out in public, if I'm going to Costco or Walmart or somewhere, I always wear a Christian t-shirt. Ask Jeff. That's how we met. I had, a, I had a, the Bible Rocks Amen shirt on. He walked up behind me. Hey, and praise God. Can I get amen? So wear a Christian t-shirt. It's an opportunity. And make a stand for the things of God. Now watch, though. They went and told on him. Verse 12. The certain Jews... Whoever does not fall down, he told him what he reminded him what he already knew. The certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. You know what? To me, that's a badge of honor. Can I get an amen? You do, they do not worship the gods of this world. They are not worshiping. Look, I. Let me just say this. I'm as patriotic as anybody, and I love the country I live in. Can I get an amen? I feel blessed that we live here. I do not worship the United States of America. I worship Jesus Christ. 
He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm thankful that we get to be here. I'm thankful that we live here. But we're here to be salt and light to a lost and a dying world. So King Nebuchadnezzar had shown his vicious side before, but look at this. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Now, here's where it's one thing to stand before the Lord and another thing to keep standing when the consequences come. So it's one thing to stand in a crowd of hundreds of thousands or millions. I don't know how many people were there. And it's another thing when the guards come along and grab you. We're going to go see the king. Now as they're marching toward the king, if they're not sure in making a stand for God, they're probably having second thoughts. Well, we made the stand, but now we've got to face the king. And I'm they're praying along the way. They're having a discussion with each other. But they know they're going to stand before the king, the king whom they serve. The king who has put them in this position of great authority. But they also have seen the other side of him. They've seen him kill people in an instant. So as they're walking toward King Nebuchadnezzar, what are they thinking? You know, that's another moment of truth. When you're walking in a position, you have an opportunity to share the Lord. When there's somebody you've had conflict with and there's an opportunity to overcome evil with good. When those opportunities come... There's always the enemy trying to tell you to be quiet. There's always your own flesh that becomes, becomes afraid a little bit. And it's in those moments, you know what we need to do? Pray with every step. Can I get an amen? Lord, here it comes. Give me an opportunity. Lord, help me to be salt and light right now. You know, when I go to every appointment I go to, I get there on purpose about 15 minutes early, and I'll spend 10 minutes in my car just praying for the customer. And, and when we start talking, I'll say, you know, I pray for you all the time. I was praying for you today. Is there any other way I can pray for you? And sometimes it's hard because you want, you know, maybe you're having a conversation and it doesn't fit in. But guys, we need to look for opportunities to stand for the Lord because again, when this time has come and passed, only what we've done for Christ will last. Now watch what happens. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? So you don't want to worship this golden statue that I've made of myself. Are you serious that you're not going to bow to, to that God? You're not going to bow to me as your God? Verse 15. Now, if you're ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music. You fall down and worship the image which I have made. Good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Now, check this out. And who is the God that will deliver you out of my hand? Whoa. That's some Lucifer stuff right about there. Amen? That's, that's where you think you're greater than the true and living God. You think you are God. And there's a lot of that pressure today. If you stand for God, what God's going to deliver you from the power I have over your life? What God's going to deliver you from the authority I have over you? And you know what? I never thought I'd see the day, but it could be that our, our government could become King Nebuchadnezzar. Amen? And they may start challenging us. This is how it happens in communist countries. They start taking over and telling you where you can go and what you can do and how you can do it and get everybody with a herd mentality to do whatever they say. And again, I will do the things that make sense, but anything that conflicts with my relationship with the Lord, the answer is no. Amen? So King Nebuchadnezzar calls him in. And just think of it. I, I just vision is. You know, the veins in his neck and his forehead just popping out. Who's the God that will deliver you out of mine? Right? You know, I'm, whoa. And this guy kills people as quick as he looks at them. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are there now. And here comes the moment of truth. If we say no, he's going to throw us in that fire. Look at point number three. 
Choosing to stand for the Lord, whether he delivers you or not. Have you ever stood up for the Lord and it hurt you? Anybody? Stood up for the Lord, maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost some friendships. Maybe you, know, you stood for the Lord and you tried to honor God and you were kind about it. And, and there were some consequences that came back. When I played football in college, little did they know they were prophetic, my nickname was Preacher Boy. And I, and, and I didn't have any plans on being a pastor. My dad was a pastor. And the only reason they called me that is when you come down the tunnel, it's a tradition, a lot of football teams, everybody dropped to a knee and they knew that I'd be willing to pray and nobody else really did, so I would pray. And they'd all call me Preacher Boy. But you know what it did? It actually made me more accountable to live for the Lord on campus. So I actually loved it. They were doing it to mock me. And I thought, well, man, I, I need to live like Preacher Boy, right? Like follower of Jesus Christ, amen? And you know what? When people find out you're a Christian, they're going to watch your actions. And they're going to see how you respond to chaos like right now. They're going to see how you respond when the, when the world is all panicked and fearful. Isn't it amazing how some people are so afraid of this virus? Can I get an amen? There's people who have not left their houses since March. Now, again, I get it if you have a disease that if you got it, it, would, it might kill you. I get it. That's between you and the Lord. But there's some people that are scared to death and they're telling everybody else because they're so afraid. But you know what? As believers, they can't threaten us with heaven. Can I get an amen? Now watch what happens. He's standing in front of them. Who is the God that will deliver you out of my hands? Man, I want to go. I'm going to hug on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when I get to heaven. I want to have a couple meals with these brothers right here. Now watch what they say. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Do you think he heard that very often? <laughs> this is a guy that kills people as quick as he looks at him, and he stands up and looks right at him and says, we don't even have to answer you. Whoa, this isn't going to turn out well. Look at the next verse. If this is that case, our God, whom, you, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not... Let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor we worship the golden image which you have set up. Amen and amen. He said, our God can deliver us. Our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we will never bow to the false gods of this world. We need to be careful. Guys, we should not put our political affiliation above Jesus Christ. Amen? We should not put our culture the color of our skin, the city that we live in, uh, what nation we're from, above our relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? We're all one in Christ. Man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. We're all one in him. We're family because we have Jesus in common. Amen? And I get it. I, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Scottish and I'm American Indian. My great-grandmother is 100% American Indian. I could have gone to college for free. I didn't know it until it was too late. But the reality is that... that <laughs> I rarely tell people that at all because I'm a Christian. Amen? My identity is in Jesus Christ. And, and, and again, I'm not of Calvary. I love Calvary Chapel. I love this movement. I've been a pastor for 32 years in the Calvary Chapel movement. I love it. I love the verse-by-verse -verse teaching. But I'm not of Calvary Chapel. I'm of Jesus Christ. And you know we're going to get to heaven one day, and we're going to be sitting next to the Baptists and the Pen everybody. Amen? We're all one church. I got saved in the Baptist church. Praise God for the Baptist church. Amen. So they knew the consequences for not bowing. The first time was no accident. And King Nebuchadnezzar should have known they would not bow 
no matter what, to anyone but Jehovah. These are men who would rather die with conviction than live with compromise. We need more men and women like that. Can I get an amen? Who would rather die with conviction than live with compromise. I wrote down this quote. I don't know if I, what I did with it. If I find it, I'll tell you. I think that's it. Nope. Put it on a card. The problem is the card is the same, got the same stripes as the, as the paper. But it's a comment made by Stuttered, and basically what he said is, he said to his own son, he said, he said, Dad needs to obey God no matter what. He said, if I disobey God, I'm not a good dad. He goes, he goes if I obey God and die, I've been a good dad. It's better a dead dad who obeyed God than a living dad who's a hypocrite. Can I get an amen to that? And that's what he told his son. And our kids are watching. Our grandkids are watching. We need to be an example for them of what a godly, they should see a godly marriage when they see you with your spouse. They should see uh, someone who works hard, a go, an example of a godly man, an example of a godly woman. They're looking, they're watching. And here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they, at this point, they're the only three. And basically, this is a, a, a kingdom over the world that are standing for the Lord. It's easier to stand when there are more standing with you, but we should be willing to stand when no one else does. Amen? And that can only happen if we ask the Lord for strength. Regardless of the circumstances and or the consequences, these guys say we're not going to obey God. You know, God can deliver us. We believe God will deliver us. But even if he does, then we're not bowing. Now, I think King Nebuchadnezzar is going to feel about that. Let's read the next verse. Then Nebuchadnezzar, this is point number four. When you take a stand for the Lord, the world won't like it. King Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed towards... And he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace up seven times more than it was usually heated. By the way, how hot does fire need to burn you? How hot does fire need to be for you to get burnt? He's making a point, isn't he? I, again, I just see the, when I, when I read to the Bible, I envision being there, watching it. And I can just see Nebuchadnezzar with his crown on and covered in his gold and, and everybody else is bowing and he's standing in front of them and, and he's screaming at these guys. And I see, you know, they, who's the God that will deliver you out of my hands? And then when they say, no, heat it up seven times hotter. If you're not scared of the fire now, it's not going to make you any more scared when it gets hotter. But heat it up. You know, I love that seven's the number of completion or perfection in the Bible. Can I get an amen? Heat it up seven times hotter. He's trying to make a point. He's trying to put fear. You know what? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? And as Christians, we have nothing to be afraid of. We fear God. We don't fear men. Can I get an amen? And so Nebuchadnezzar is using all the power that he has. And then he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are standing there. We will not bow to you. We will never bow to you. God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we will never serve you. They come over and they bind him up. Now, when they bound him up, they bound him to where they couldn't walk. They would bind him by their feet, bound him by their arms, so they're wrapped up almost like mummies to some degree. Then they would carry him up. Now, you understand how the fiery furnace would look. More than likely, it was a kiln where you could see in through the side. There was an opening on the side, but they would drop things in from the top. They would open up the top, and they would drop in whatever they wanted to burn. So now the fire is up seven times hotter. The heat is probably, you know, almost melting the kiln itself. There's so much heat. So these men of valor, no doubt dressed in armor, come over and they wrap up these three Jewish uh, wise men, because they're the wise men in the kingdom, 
and they're going to take them up and throw them into the fire. Now, again, it's one thing to stand for God in front of a group of people. Well, it's one thing to stand for God in front of nobody. It's another thing to stand for God in front of a group of people. It's another thing to stand before God when you're on your way to, to see the king. It's another thing to stand before God when you're standing in front of the king. And it's another thing to keep standing for God when they're dragging you up to throw you in the fire. And sometimes each step is a challenge to your faith. And guys, we need to be willing to stand for him even in the face of a fire. Amen? So watch what happens. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Now what's interesting about this is I still kind of, I can imagine being Nebuchadnezzar, and he's mad, and he's going to get his vengeance, which he usually did. And he's, he can't wait, and he watches these guys being taken up to the top of the kiln, about to be thrown in. I can imagine kind of the smug smile on his face as he's waiting to watch these guys barbecue right in front of his eyes. He's looking into the fire. He's going to see them fall in there and just get lit up. And no doubt, he, this is not the first time he's used this as punishment. The fiery furnace, again, shaped like a kiln, and the fire purifies. You know, the Bible talks about us that count all joy, my brethren, when you fall into various trials. You know, the trials perfect our faith. You know, it's the fiery trials of this life that mold us more into the image of our Savior. You know what they do with metal? They put it and they heat it up. And what happens is all the dross, all the impurities come to the top and they scrape it all off. And they let the impurities come up and they scrape it all off. And what it does is, is the hotter they get it, the more pure that the gold or that metal becomes. And you know what? Sometimes it's the greater trials that we go through, and that's where we grow the most. Can I get an amen? And that's the time we become more like our Savior. Verse 23. Oh, excuse me, 22. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the guys who had him in armor, the guys who were carrying him up because they were bound, when they opened the top of the furnace, it was so hot that the three guys, the guys, however many guys were standing there, they all got burnt up. So this is proof that it wasn't the fire that, was, that wasn't working. And they all got burnt up and they all died on the spot. Now watch. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Again, King Nebuchadnezzar looking in the side he wants to gloat in the fact that how dare you stand up against me. This is what happens to people that stand up against me. They were cast bound into the fire. But as faithful servants of God, they didn't face that fire alone. Look what happens in verse 24 and 25. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the, fourth of the, and the form of the fourth one is like the? Jesus is in the fire in Babylon 700 years before he is incarnated on the planet. And you see Jesus all over the Old Testament. Can I get an amen? And what I love about this, because they were willing to stand for God, because they were willing to face the consequences that would follow them when they stood for God, because they continued to stand for God, because they continued even when the king confronted them, because they were willing to lay down their lives and die for the Lord, because of that, they got to see Jesus. Can I get an amen? They got to be in the fire with the Lord. The times 
often that we are closest to the Lord is when we are in the greatest amount of trials. Can I get an amen to that? You know why? Because we're in that shape. We can't fix it. I can't fix it. I can't write a check big enough. I can't, I can't call on anybody else to do it. I'm in a spot where I never thought I'd be, and I can't fix it. But here's what I want you to know. When you're in your place of deepest despair, when you're, when you're in the valley, right? When you're laying down in green pastures, you might forget where the shepherd is, but when you're in the valley of the shadow of death, that's when you're hanging on to the Lord with both hands, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Can I get an amen? When you stand for God, you're never alone. Have you ever started sharing your faith with somebody and you have no idea where the words are coming from? Bible verses you're quoting that you don't remember having memorized. How God will show up and he stands with you. I spent nine months in the hospital in 2009. By the way, it was 10 years ago, uh, just a few days ago, that I stepped down as pastor at Calvary Chapel Santa Cruz. And I have to tell you, it was one of the hardest days of my entire life. I've been the pastor for 10 years. I stepped down as pastor of the church. I wept. But at the end of that message, I said, I know God's not done with me. And I know that somewhere and someplace, I will be teaching the word of God to somebody. And I'm praising God that you're the somebodies. I'm thankful for it. Because again, without that suffering, I would have never met you. Can I get an amen? And you guys are a blessing. I love each and every one of you very much. It's interesting that because it's a prophetic book, in some ways, Nebuchadnezzar is a picture of the Antichrist, the last world ruler. The golden image rep- represents the abomination of desolation. You know, we'll talk about that more as we go through 2 Thessalonians. But, you know, where, where the Antichrist is going to proclaim, he's going to bring the answers. The church is gone. The world's a mess, a lot bigger mess than it is right now. And he's going to have the answer. But then they're going to all follow him into one world religion. And then he's going to go into the temple and he's going to, He's going to slaughter a pig. He's going to proclaim himself to be the Messiah, the, the, the God that they should worship. And then it will be then that they recognize that he's not God. And what will happen in, you'll have to make, take the mark of the beast to buy, to sell, to live, to eat. And if you don't, you'll be put to death. You'll have to give alliance to the Antichrist or die. It is interesting that in this text right here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go through the fire. Where's Daniel? You ever wonder where Daniel is in chapter 3? Do you think Daniel bowed to that idol? No way. Can I get an amen to that? Daniel's probably away on king's business somewhere else. But you know what? It's kind of a picture of what happens in the church. Some are going to get raptured out of it, and then there's going to be people that get saved in it and walk through it. Can I get an amen? And a lot of them are going to be people from Israel. The three men represent that remnant that will miraculously come through the great tribulation period. And then Daniel, a picture of the church, the redeemed ones that are delivered. The fourth Jesus, just as he was with them in the fiery furnace, he will be with those who stand with him in the, for him in the great tribulation, and he will bring back judgment with his bride at the end of the tribulation. Guys, when you stand for the Lord, you're never alone. Just remember that. When you step out in faith, it's, it's never easy, but it's always worth it. Can I get an amen? When you get out of that comfort zone and and ask God to, to use you in a way that you've never felt comfortable before, that's when you know that you have to rely on him. You know, the Lord's with us every day. It says this in John 16, These things I have spoken to you, in me that you might have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Let me read that one more time. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Guys, we've seen the end of the book. God wins. Amen? No matter what happens in November, no matter what happens with the virus, no matter what happens in the world around us, God is on the throne and we're going to heaven. Amen? 
And he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He says in Matthew 28, Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. So he throws him in the fire, and Jesus is in there with him. And what, what was the last thing he said? Who was the God that will deliver you out of my hands? It'd be awesome if Jesus was in there like, Can you imagine? Right here, bro. Look what it says, verse 25. Now watch Nebuchadnezzar. Watch the change in this bro- in a minute. You know, sometimes you'll stand for God, and it'll just make the, the, the situation more volatile. But sometimes when you make a simple stand for God, God brings peace to that situation. Amen? God will change somebody's heart because you stand for the Lord. Look at verse 26. The Nebuchadnezzar went near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Did his, did his tone change a little bit? Who is the God that will deliver you out of my... Come out, come out, you servants of the Most High God. They stood for the Lord, and then God was glorified. They were willing to go through the fire with the Lord, and then the attention of an ungodly man was turned to the Lord. Now watch what he says. Come out and come here. Now, what I love about this, this is one of my favorite things in the Bible right here. I love this. They had to be called out of the fire. They were hanging out in the fire. They didn't want to leave the fire. You know why? Because it's better to be in the fire with Jesus than out of the fire without him. It's better to be in the worst trial in the world, to have the worst disease ever, to be struggling more than anybody on this planet and have Jesus with you than to be the richest person on the planet that doesn't know the Lord. Can I get an amen? It's better to be in the fire with Jesus. You've got to be called out of the fire. I've never been in fire. I've touched fire, but not for long. Can I get an amen? And they're in the fire hanging out with the Lord. What a blessing. Come out, come out, ye servants of the Most High God. These young men had to be summoned out of the fire, and I just love that they would rather be with Jesus in a heated up seven times higher fire than to be out of the kiln without him. It stood for God and had an impact on Nebuchadnezzar and on the world. Guys, when we're obedient, God is glorified and we get blessed. Amen? When we obey God, he is glorified and we get blessed. Youth group, guys, when you stand for the Lord, it's hard being a teenager. There's a lot of peer pressure. But no more peer pressure than these guys went through when everybody vowed. And be careful, by the way, be careful what you worship. Amen? Be careful. Why was music created? To worship God. Can I get an amen to that? Be careful. Because you know what? Isn't it amazing how you can remember words to every song, to songs from 27 years ago? Have you ever noticed that a song will play and it will put you back in however old you were when you first heard that? Am I the only one? I'm driving down the road with the sun and we went into the store and some music's playing and I'm like, junior high, junior high. <laughs> it's amazing what music can do. But music can focus us on the world or it can do what it's created to do, which is to worship the Lord. Can I get an amen? I encourage you. I drive a lot. I like to listen to messages. I like to, to call you guys to return phone calls, and I love to listen to worship. And I admit it. I bought my car because it has a stereo that is worthy of worship. Can I get an amen? And I'm driving down. The, I've had people from church call me like, dude, I pulled up next to you at a light, and you were singing so loud, and that music was so loud, I honked, and you didn't hear me. Well, don't interrupt me when I'm worshiping, man. <laughs> Not what you're supposed to do. Now watch what it says about them. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, 
and the satraps and administrators and governors and king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. Guys, nothing this world wants to do to us can have any power over us unless God allows it to. Can I get an amen? That fire had no power over them. And you know what? The things that are going on in the world right now has no power over us unless God allows it. And if God allows it, he will use it for his glory if we will let him. Amen? We don't walk in fear. We walk by faith. Nebuchadnezzar's tune has changed. It says, The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. You know, when you're hanging out with the Lord, you don't smell like the world. Can I get an amen? When you're hanging out with Jesus, you don't smell like the world around you. You don't act like the world around you. You don't live like the world around you. You're not pursuing the things that the world pursues. Look, we need to do our jobs unto the Lord. We should be the best workers in the building. We need to provide for our families. You know, we want to raise godly children. It, and the, the Lord came to my life and life more abundant. He wants us to have joy in this life. But the passion of our life above anything else is knowing him and making him known. Amen? I watch Nebuchadnezzar. I, I love this. This is, in, this is probably in 10 minutes. Who is the God? Will, come out, come out, you servants of the Most High God. Now look at verse 28. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies to worship any God except their own God. I would pray that people would say that about us. Amen? The people would say about us that there's nothing we can do. There's no threat we can make to keep that person from, person from worshiping their God. Amen? Youth group, on your camp, no matter how many people give you a hard time, they may mock you for being a Christian. They may, they may say things to you, and, but nobody can do anything to you to change your mind. And they should know that at the end of the day, you're the one who loves Jesus. Now, when my son went to high school, uh, there was a kid whose parents went to our church, and he was a kid that was in our church, and his name was Tyler, and they voted for, you know, best smile, best this, best couple. When they got to best couple, it was Tyler and Jesus. And it's in there, it's in the yearbook. And he's standing there like this, and they had, they had like a, with a light shining through, like he had his arm around the Lord, and I'm flipping through the yearbook, and I'm like, you know, best smile, best athlete, and best couple, Tyler and Jesus. And I'm looking at this, is, this is, and this is not a Christian school. And he was valedictorian. He was a homecoming king, and he loved Jesus all at the same time. Guys, we can love God and, and still have a huge impact on the world around us. And we should have a huge impact. Can I get an amen? I called his dad. I was in tears. I'm like, are you kidding me? Scotts Valley High School, secular high school in Santa Cruz, one of the Tofu Tide New Age lesbian capital of the United States, in the place that needs Jesus more than any county in the country. Best couple, Tyler and Jesus. Man, that's good stuff. Can I get an amen? That's something to aspire to, amen? In love for the Lord, be known to everyone. Therefore, here we go again. He made the same decree in the last chapter. 16 years later, he forgot. Now here he is again because three people stood up. King Nebuchadnezzar's attitude's about to change. Look what it says. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation or language, 
which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap. There is no other God who can deliver like this. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Three guys standing up had a guy who had millions, hundreds of thousands of millions, all bowing to him. And now he says, yeah, that statue, it's done. No good. The true and living God is your God. Three people stood and the nation was changed. Guys, three, three high schoolers standing on a campus could change the whole school. Can I get an amen? Three people in your neighborhood standing for the Lord can change your whole neighborhood. The amount of people we have in this room right here can have an impact on Calabasas and all the cities that surround us. God used 12 people to turn the world right side up. He can do it again. Can I get an amen? But we cannot be ashamed of the gospel. We cannot keep our faith to ourselves. We all have different personalities, but just pray, God, use me the way you made me so I could be used for your glory. Maybe you're not super outspoken, but you know what we can all do? Can we all pray? Can we all pray? Pray without ceasing, but this is the will of God. Nebuchadnezzar went from, who is the God? To, your God's the only God. In minutes, praise the Lord. Last verse. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the pro- so not only did they stand for God, not only did they, it change the nation, but now he made him, made these guys right there with Daniel as his second in command. And now they're going to be able to influence the entire kingdom with the gospel and with the truth of who God is. Isn't that good? So in closing, it's time to take a stand for the Lord living a radical life of unwavering faith. Number one, we must first recognize the false gods of this world. We must recognize the things that are contrary to the Lord and never you know, put our faith or our hope or our trust in them. Don't, don't honor them. It is one thing to stand for the Lord, another thing to keep standing when the consequences become real. I was uh, suspended from high school once because I kept uh, telling my b- biology teacher, he was teaching on evolution, and he was talking about evolution. And every time he'd say evolution, I'd say, theory of, from the back of the room. I'm not recommending that. But he'd say, evolution, theory of, theory of. He'd call me after school and he goes, if you do that one more time, you're going to be in trouble. Okay. Next day. And evolution, te- theory of, took me down to the principal's office. They suspended me for three days. My dad came to pick me up. Why are you suspending my son? Because he keeps saying theory of. When he said evolution, he says theory of. And my dad turned around and gave me a high five in the principal's office. <laughs> Taking you to Disneyland, son. Give me five bucks. Give me some. Give me some. I'm like, guys, if we stand for the Lord, amen, it's worth it. And by the way, your Christian parents, if you get suspended for standing for Jesus, I'm thinking high five. Can I get an amen? Let's stand for the things of God. Choosing to stand for the Lord, whether he delivers you or not, you might stand for the Lord and you might go home having everybody in the school mocking you. You might go home and having all your coworkers giving you a hard time. You might have people that don't want to talk to you anymore. Neighbors don't want nothing to do with you because you're standing for the Lord. It doesn't mean every time we stand for the Lord, it's going to go easy. Probably most of the time it won't. But we stand for him nonetheless, amen? When you take a stand for the Lord, the world won't like it. Does the world like Jesus right now? Do they like Christians at all? They hate Christians. This is a Christian nation. You know the reason this nation's blessed is because we honored, we, we honored God when this nation was founded. Can I get an amen? And as soon as we quit honoring God in this nation, this nation's in trouble. Amen? And then lastly, it's better to be in the fire with Jesus than out of the fire without him. We might soon find out it's better to be in a jail cell with Jesus than out of a jail cell without him. Amen? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Whatever the Lord chooses to do, Lord, what a blessing it is that we get to serve the King of Kings. 
Isn't it good that we're never alone? He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's a faithful God. We don't have to be afraid because he's in control. He knew this before the foundation of the world. This virus couldn't have happened if it didn't go through his hand first. All that's going on in the world right now is preparation for his return. And it's an opportunity for us to take a stand for the Lord. Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. You are indeed a great and an awesome God. And Lord, we know we can't do anything without the empowering of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we can't stand in our own strength. But Lord, you will strengthen us to stand. Lord, we can't open our mouths and share with boldness without the empowering of your Holy Spirit. But Lord, give us, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit that we might be used by you. Lord, I pray for divine appointments all around us. I pray for opportunities to share the hope that lies within us. And Lord, I pray that while everyone else is panicked, that we would walk in peace and joy, knowing who's in control, that we serve the great physician, that you are a great and an awesome God. Lord, when no one else stands, give us the strength to stand. When the fire gets hotter, help us not to bow. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes on you, to honor you, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Help us, Lord, to walk in faithful obedience before you. We ask these things in your holy and your precious name we pray. And all God's people said...